0: Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Lake Time I'm one of your hosts, half of your host, Matt Kennedy You're a half host? I'm, I'm half of a host, you're the you're my better half no, I'm the other. You're going to get no argument from me on that one My name is Lyndon Fraze, and welcome to another episode of Lake Time So Matt, do you like pizza? You know, I'm a... I know, it's a rhetorical question actually, everyone loves pizza I'm a big pizza fan, yes. So I was sitting around in a hot tub with some folks at the resort that I live at, and you know, the question of, uh, if you could have any kind of superpower, what would it be? So people are like, oh yeah, it'd be great to fly, great to blah, blah, blah. The classics. All the classics are coming yeah. out, the, the debate's raging, and uh, this one fellow said, I'd like my superpower to, to be able to make the best pizza in the world. And you know what? Our guest today has that superpower. She does. She wasn't born with it necessarily, but she's developed it from her passion for sourdough and pizza, wood-fired pizza. That's right. Business she started with her sister. Yeah. That She now runs with her partner. She's the star, though, I think. I think she's the star. We can say that, and I think her partner will hopefully accept that. But her name's Charlie Cunningham, and she is the co-owner, co-founder of Black Oven Wood-Fired Pizza. And if you have been in Kenora or in Northwestern Ontario in the summertime, odds are you've definitely tried her pizza. I know I've had it countless times. Love it. It's not Delicio. It's It's not. Black Oven. (laughs) It's not Delicioso. Hey, this black tastes oven. like uh, yeah, Delicio. No, no, it's not Delicioso. It's Black Oven. Okay, that's insulting. <laughs> I think she would be very insulted by that. We uh, also only person who would make that joke is someone with no taste buds. Yeah, you're right. This is in a different ballpark. What? How do you say it? it's in a different league? This is in a different league than uh, your delicios, your Pizza Huts, your Domino's. You know, those have their place. But this is, uh, this is artisan pizza. Okay, well, let's get into it. Let's dive in. We still haven't settled on a way to enter that, eh? Yeah, I said I just went for let's dive in. Dive in. Maybe there should be a winter version. Hey, let's chop a hole in the ice and put our line in to lake time. I guess it'd be drill, not chop. You could chop, you could just ice chisel. Yeah, to get down to those fish. Uh, let's shovel a pathway to lake time let's do it let's ride down the ice road for lake time <laughs> welcome to lake time shirley
1: thank you for having me
0: shirley cunningham that's right where are you from
1: vermilion bay vermilion bay ontario tiny little town you've probably heard of it just east of here
0: what's the population of vermilion bay
1: it says 1100 on the sign but i think that is just a an over exaggeration. So I feel like it's maybe five hundred people. <laughs> it used to be, I think, eleven 1, hundred people, but it's uh it's changed a lot since I grew up there. They I think need, it's starting to come back around though.
0: They it's, need to update their sign or encourage breeding. Yeah. In Vermilion
1: Bay. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Did you grow up in Vermilion Bay, are you a lifer of Vermilion Bay?
1: I feel like I'm not a lifer, but I I grew up there like I was born in Dryden, went to elementary school in Vermilion Bay and then went to high school in Dryden and then left as soon as I could after that. To go back
0: to Vermilion Bay. To
1: go back to Vermilion (laughs) Bay.
0: (laughs) No, you went somewhere in between. Yeah.
1: So I I traveled a bit. I I think I took a year or two years off school before I went into post-secondary. So took some time, really figured out what I wanted to do. I think I was going to be a biologist so that changed pretty quickly after I traveled a little bit
0: where did you attend post-secondary
1: um, I did college and university so I went to Algonquin College for um, hospitality management and then I went to the UFC to continue that program as a bachelor's program so hospitality is my main focus
0: What brought you back to Northwestern Ontario after you went away to post-secondary?
1: I think it was family. My sister was living in Cambodia for 10 years. I was in Calgary for eight years. And we both were kind of at a point where, like, she had just moved back to this area to have my nephew. And I was wanting to be closer to them. And during the summer especially. So we were like, hey, let's come up with something. What can we do so that we can be here? who's we like my sister and i were like let's start something so we can be a on the lake this summer and together like have the family kind of back together because we all kind of lived really far apart like we've always been far apart so having our siblings back together again was it was a good opportunity for us to do that and so we made a little business and yeah moved back to this area
0: Wow, this is the kind of relationship that a lot of people fantasize having with their siblings, where it's like, oh, we've got to do something. You had a child. We've got to do something so that we can all be together as a family. Hey, let's start a business together.
1: Yeah. I think she was self-employed in Cambodia. Her and her husband had a business there. And I was working in the hospitality industry, and I was just kind of, I had written like three different business plans there trying to start my own thing. I've just always had the itch to start a small business. And... She developed this, like, crazy obsession with wood-fired pizza around the same time that I was developing a huge obsession with sourdough bread. Ah. And so that's how we kind of married the two concepts and started The Black Oven.
0: Before we dive in to what The Black Oven is, maybe we should open these beers that we brought in today. Don't want to get too carried away without opening this episode's beer. So there's three options. They're all seasonals. They're in their Crowler, which is the uh, 32-ounce can. It's half the size of a growler. Crowler is a trademarked uh, term, just so everybody knows. (laughs) It's a registered trademark. To who? PepsiCo. Is that your company? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I started a small company called Pepsi. Uh, You may have heard of it, but we're just getting started. So the three beers are uh, Spice is Right, which is a a Groot ale. So uh, obviously the bitterness in beer comes from hops typically, right? But in this Spice is Right, it's a herb and spice mixture, not hops. There are a bit of hops in there because technically it's not beer without hops. Uh, But some of the spices that are in there, to give you an idea... Paradise Seed, Coriander, and Chamomile come together with this malt blend to create uh, a uniquely flavored light-bodied beer. So that spice is right. Keep that in your mind. Next up... Rail Yard. Have you already eliminated that one as a choice?
1: (laughs) No, the chamomile and the coriander sound lovely. Not
0: yet, but you might when you hear Rail Yard because it's a double chocolate milkshake porter. I'm going to be honest. I'm hoping she chooses that one just from the title. Uh, Dark brown, copper highlights, tasting of chocolate, coffee, and biscuit. It uh, has a dominant malt and lactose profile with a medium-bodied, creamy mouthfeel.
1: Is there dairy in that?
0: Uh, there's lactose in it. Yes. Yes. There's lactose. If that counts as dairy to you. <laughs> and the last choice that you have today is sorrow and glory smoked Irish red ale. This is the one inspired by, uh, red moon road. It's part of their artist series. Um, I made the video for this beer actually. So I've tried this one. It's very good. It's uh it's an ale brewed with in-house smoked malts and it creates a slightly smoky aroma and subtle red malt flavor those are your three options which one are you going to choose for this episode of lake time
1: also most indecisive person right here so
0: (laughs) so is your sister more of the decision (laughs) person or you both sit there and ponder and
1: she would have she would have chosen already i feel like i i feel like i might have to go with number one
0: spice is right the spice is right we have a winner spice is right the groot ale Let's open it up.
1: Oh listen to that. Yes. Y-
0: you chose well. This is good. It's got a nice light taste. I don't know how to describe beer. For the listeners who don't know, Shirley, you are the co founder and co owner of black oven, wood-fired pizza.
1: We started with the black oven, and now we're slowly dropping the the.
0: Soon it'll just be oven.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oven pizza. (laughs) (laughs) How did you come up with the name?
1: Uh, It's really basic and cheesy. Um, A black oven is a type of oven in which the fire is in the same chamber as the food you're cooking the black oven. It's
0: well, very simple.
1: And there. there's also a white oven in which the fire is in a separate chamber in which you're baking or in which you're cooking.
0: So tell us a little more about what you're doing with your business. You have a, a truck.
1: Yeah. So go? we have a, a tiny little pizza wagon that we haul around the area. We go from town to town, market to market, festival to festival all summer long. And we just we bring pizza to the people and we've been doing it for this will be our 5th summer doing it this year so it's it's a it's a busy summer for us and i think we always just thought of it as being a summer gig and now it's kind of evolving into more than that and we're looking for other things to keep us busy throughout the winter maybe not too busy but keep us going throughout the winter and That's where the um, sourdough bread's coming in. We're doing workshops, fermentation workshops, um, pop-ups in the area. We do a lot of collaborations with other businesses in the area, which is awesome. And, yeah, we're just hustling.
0: So you were in university. You thought you'd be a biologist, (laughs) and you decided you didn't like plants that much.
1: I didn't even get to university for biology. I ended up going – I ended up traveling – and then realizing I'm not going to university for sciences. I'm going to go for food and hospitality and tourism. And then I worked in the industry in Alberta um, for a couple of restaurant groups and hotel groups. So got some experience and realized corporate culture was not for me and moved back to small town Northwestern Ontario to open a pizza business.
0: What do you love about Northwestern Ontario?
1: I think I was getting a little bit burnt out in the city. It was um, like a lot of kind of expectations in the city. Like you're always going in the new spot and finding the coolest places to go in the city. And I mean, I miss all of that stuff. I miss being able to go to live shows and, you know, whatever you want. Go out for any type of food you want any night of the week. But I think... I was ready for a different pace, and I missed the lake, especially being in Alberta. There's not really lakes out there. So that was one thing missing from Alberta. Um, so, yeah, that brought me back. And, again, family. Family is pretty important. I'm from Vermilion Bay, but I'm from about 25 minutes north of Vermilion Bay in the middle of nowhere. Like Our closest neighbor in the wintertime is about a kilometer away, two kilometers away. There's maybe five people that stay on the lake year-round out where we live. So having that as your backyard growing up, it's kind of hard to picture anything else, especially like getting a little bit older and deciding where you're going to settle down and maybe think about having a family one day. It's a pretty great area to grow up.
0: What kind of situation do you live in then? You're out like away from the town?
1: Yeah, that's where we grew up. um, I don't know if you're familiar with Blue Lake which there's a provincial park out that way. You okay. grew up yeah. on Blue Lake. My mom my mom's house is on Blue Lake and my dad's beautiful. house, my family childhood home is 15 minutes past Blue Lake on a lake called Canyon Lake. Nice. And yeah, it's pretty That's a beautiful area. out there. It's yeah. like we grew up on a basically a private sand beach like it's there's no one around. It's not quite populated yet. It's starting to pick up with mm-hmm real estate out there but it's still pretty quiet which is nice you go out there in the winter and you can't hear a sound like there's nothing except for the train in the distance
0: and is that where you are now
1: no that's where i move when i moved back to this area my sister and i both moved back in with my dad i'm sure he was thrilled about it
0: he probably was (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) and at one and then my brother came home to help us uh create the black oven he's a contractor so at one point, it was three of his adult children living back at home with him for, I think it was a whole summer. We were all there. It was pretty hilarious. Once you're an adult, I think oh. you start realizing a lot of things about your siblings living in the same house as an adult. Yeah.
0: Well, I think a lot of people find that they revert back to how they were when they were children when they go back into Definitely. their at home.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Was there a lot of baking and cooking when you were growing up, or did that become your passion when this became your business, or was it something you grew up with?
1: We grew up. My mom is known for like her cinnamon buns and oh. like fresh buns, like dinner rolls.
0: No, a lot of people advertise world famous cinnamon they buns. They do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if hers are world famous, but they're definitely family famous.
0: You have a real sourdough obsession.
1: Yeah. Why? It's so it's a. Uh, I think it easily becomes an obsession for a lot of people once you dive into it, because it is like a challenge. It's not like your typical bread recipe, like every day your loaf is going to be different coming out of the oven, like it's almost impossible to get a consistent loaf. Like there's bakers around the world who are trying to get that consistency and it's so impossible unless you have like proper temperature regulating and humidity regulating equipment so it's like it's the challenge I think that I love the most and every day is new and you're constantly learning like trying new methods and yeah it's
0: and it's a little pet
1: and it's a pet oh, yeah. the, you gotta
0: feed the monster
1: the monster is that what you call yours?
0: I, I just feel like
1: does Summer still have hers? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well as many many organisms it's not one monster it would be a a group of a community of monsters yeah i thought she came home
1: bacteria i thought
0: she came home from the workshop calling it that that she was a little monster she had to feed but you have to feed it right
1: you have to feed it you have to keep it alive it's like a child flower Flour and water, yeah. It's his main diet.
0: So. Well, is there a template? Is there sourdough? Pi- are you the only sourdough pizza? Or is oh that- God,
1: no, no. I think our recipe might be a little bit different. It's been mm-hmm. tweaked over the years, but, but there's
0: plenty out there.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a super common thing, but I would say a lot of sourdough bakers are now introducing pizza into the bakery because it just goes hand in hand. Like if you're making bread if you're making dough anyways
0: you might as well make the best food on exactly. earth exactly and pizza
1: is like also tacos it's a sure sell like for <laughs> it's an easy sell <laughs> who doesn't love pizza
0: i like pizza and you didn't bring us any pizza because your trailer is uh, frozen it's, in an ice block you said you're just curious why you didn't bring any pizza I,
1: yeah. <laughs> I was gonna recommend that we reschedule for the summertime when
0: I'm going to have to go to just, Domino's after this. I already made that joke. I said I was going to bring Pizza Hut and that it was all good and she said she's going to cancel because she's a pizza snob. Are you?
1: Um, I have a hard I'm,
0: Yeah, what do you think of Domino's? If you go to Have you ever had their Hawaiian? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> different different category.
1: I think so. Yeah. I think pizza, I, any the worst pizza is still Good pizza, that's true. Right, it's I- pretty hard that. to like not finish a slice of pizza.
0: Oh yeah, I was trying to make a frozen pizza the other day, and uh, the oven wasn't working. Couldn't get the pilot light like, to stay on in the oven; just kept dying out of the cabin. And uh, so the only thing I could think of, because I wasn't smart enough to think of the barbecue, the only thing I could think of was to get out a a, a pot. And put it on the stove because I had a, a burner, propane burner stove. And I put the pot in there and I, I put about three quarters of the frozen pizza into the pot. And it just, it was way too hot on the bottom. So it just got <laughs> totally charred. I still can't get that black stuff off the bottom of this pot, but I still enjoyed that pizza. It was half cooked. It was like burnt in one Steamed. part, half cooked. And uh, you know, I was still you know. I was like, oh, I shouldn't be enjoying these burnt parts because they're going to give me cancer. But I was like, oh, it's so good. It was <laughs> the worst possible pizza. $5 frozen pizza from Superstore. And then I wrecked it. And it was still good. There you go. So See? Domino's, not so bad. Pizza no. Hut. Uh, but what to you makes a good pizza? If you have like a pizza that's just awesome, what, what are like some of the check marks that you are checking off?
1: Um, I think a good crust. I think that's what I look for now is the crust. Is it soft but still like a crispy enough bottom that it holds the toppings up? Does it flop right over? I prefer something that holds the toppings up. So even though it's really thin on the bottom, it'll still hold its own. Like you can hold up the slice and it'll stay... Um, and then the toppings, I think it matters what types of ingredients you're putting on your pizza, the quality of the ingredients. Um, every year we try and use more locally sourced products. We try and throw fermented vegetables on our pizzas. Um, just try and change it up. I feel like you can put anything on a pizza that you want and it'll be good. You have the right cheese and the right toppings.
0: You can make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like any like even a thin crust pizza you feel should hold its its shape? It should never be the like the floppy pizza that you're like trying to catch before it slides off.
1: I think it depend like a New York style slice, I think
0: that deserves
1: be. to be like folded over and yeah. eaten like that.
0: Have you ever thought about making it a restaurant, having a brick and mortar? Or are you...
1: I think the thought runs through my mind at least once a day. Every day.
0: I I would love it.
1: I would, I think about it, but I also think about Kenora's winters. And I think about how I still want to travel in the winters. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a fully established restaurant, you don't, that's, that's your life. And I think, so I'm always on the fence. Am I just going to keep it this small little traveling business or am I expanding it? And I, I still am back and forth. Mm -hmm. I think if I had the right opportunity to expand it, I would. But... It
0: seems to depend on what your goals are for the business. Some people as entrepreneurs, it's just all about being as big as they can.
1: Yeah. for,
0: For whatever reason, that feels good for them. For other people, their business is about their lifestyle.
1: Yeah. I think it gives us the opportunity to do a lot of things that we wouldn't get to do if we were... Running it full time all year round. And the thing is, is around here, you're like hustling in the summer just to get through the winters, like most businesses. It's a like, summers are awesome here, winters are scary for a lot of businesses, I think. So it's something that we look at all the time, and maybe that'll happen in the future, but I think we want to be a little bit more established and we like the way things are going for us. And keeping it small and, like, focusing on our products and making them really great before we go too big, too fast. My mom was always like, you got to franchise this. When are (laughs) you opening another truck? Like, (laughs) you need branded shirts. When are you getting other people (laughs) people to
0: do the work for you?
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. And that would be great. Just having one or two full-time employees year-round. Maybe then, but... You can only do so much in a day.
0: Well, and the franchise thing is a totally different thing. It's like now you're in the business of selling other people on running your starting up this business. Like if you think about the person that is, you know, a smaller scale McDonald's. You know their their job is to sell people on the idea that this could be a viable business for them. They're not making hamburgers anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. So
0: you have to you'd have to decide if you want to if you want to be in the business of selling franchises or in the business of making pizza it's a totally different thing
1: i know it's so hard but like
0: the people who uh invented mcdonald's have done very well actually that's not (laughs) totally true the people who invented mcdonald's didn't do well but the person who decided to franchise mcdonald's did very well yeah yeah (laughs) okay all right so in the winter time basically your life is you work really hard in the summer and then you get to do whatever in the winter. Yeah. So right now, this morning, you just woke up and you could just do whatever you want all day? No. No. She was at an event today, I heard.
1: Yes. We were at, or I was at a um, women in trades conference today at 7 Gen. So a bunch of high school ladies came by and learned about alternative career paths. And Alexis from uh, Sweet and I shared a booth together and we just talked about different paths you can go down in order to either become an entrepreneur small business owner or go into the trades, baking trades, if you care to do.
0: Hmm. And how does it feel to inspire uh, the young female leaders of tomorrow?
1: It feels really good. I feel like they s- – girls these days well, – I shouldn't say girls these days. Um, but kids these days, I feel like, are told that they're – they need to go down one path, and that's straight to post-secondary. You get your degree or your diploma and get a job, and the rest is history. But there's so many—I feel like there's so many ways to go about it. Like, the path that I took to get here took me, like, 10 years, so—
0: yeah, I remember that from, I mean, I'm obviously older than these high school students, but I remember that in high school where it was just the only option was to go to school right after high school, like to go to university. And if not, you're you're in for a, a life of struggle. Yeah.
1: yeah. But actually it's the opposite.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, I feel like I could have skipped my post-secondary experience personally. Yeah. And gone right to work. Anyways,
1: anyways, I do
0: think that uh, there's definitely merit in, in preaching alternative career paths. And I, I feel so. like, um, you know, you learn so much by doing and that uh, kids could learn from that message that, you know, get your hands dirty.
1: Some kids from northern communities don't have the opportunity to go to university or college. So, yeah, just giving them other options of... How they can seek out their passions and figure out how to make that into a business in in the North.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and what you've probably learned, um, as I have, and perhaps you have, Lyndon, but you're a big city fella. Well, I live in Falcon Lake in an (laughs) off-the-grid cabin. But what I've learned... Uh, is that it's nice to be an entrepreneur in somewhere like Northwestern Ontario because you can be sort of the only one doing what you're doing. Yeah. And uh, I think your pizza's great and I think my video work is obviously outstanding, but <laughs> but it's it it's still nice to be like the only person who has like the wood-fired pizza trailer in the area, the only person who's a full-time professional video producer. The only person who's Lyndon I have a monopoly on my own personality.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I think a lot of uh, businesses in the area really push each other. And Mm -hmm. everybody wants to see everyone succeed in this area, which is pretty great. And there's a lot of resources to to use to develop your business in this area that aren't available to people who live in the city. So that's really important to... Know where to find those
0: well and being the only show in town in a way that um like doing a business that's serving the local community that's one thing but you can also do things using the internet from anywhere these days this be, location seems to be mattering less and less mm-hmm. so, If you're like a tech business or whatever yeah need. for example yeah. but there's more and more businesses that are that way like if you wanted to do i don't know if you wanted to do pr you mm-hmm. could do that for people from a distance so all these students that were at this what was it a convention or the was that how you described it a convention the, that's the really event com-
1: yeah women in trades uh
0: there's there are more and more opportunities to do things other than follow the traditional path of going to the big city and doing university there's and there's more and more of that where you can do things from here
1: exactly and that's what's great is that a lot of people after university are coming back to this area and doing just that so it's kind of a like younger community that they go away and they're expecting to have certain amenities in the town and then they come back here and there's not those amenities so I think that was one thing that my sister and I had in mind as well we're like well if we're going to be living here we're going to need We're going to need this. We're going to need good pizza. Good pizza.
0: Let's make it.
1: Let's make it. Let's do that.
0: Yeah, so what is your five-year plan for Black Oven? Where would you like to be five to ten years from now? Are you a five-year plan type?
1: Yeah. uh, Five years. Okay, I'll talk a little bit about the project we're working on right now, um, which is opening a little bit of a production space for the black oven. So we won't have to be working just out of the 14 foot trailer, a mothership, a mothership, (laughs) a studio,
0: if you will. (laughs) You could charge more.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of the direction I'd like to take it is to have a space where I can just keep fermenting and making sourdough and experimenting with that. We have a big commercial oven that we're in the process of, converting over to produce more bread um, and hopefully be able to share the space in the future with other makers, other little side hustlers who just need a space to create whatever it is that they want to create. And I guess my goal would to be able to offer a space like that for other community members.
0: Yeah, with rules around food production, that would be extremely valuable to someone Mm -hmm. if they could just plug in without having to build the whole facility themselves. They could experiment with, if making world world famous cinnamon buns, for example, exactly, just get in business right away. Cheryl's buns. Cheryl's got good buns. Cheryl's
1: got good buns.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? uh, Why do you think you're driven to create to be a maker? You make things with your hands uh, often.
1: Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I think it's the whole process is just so so addicting. I mean, I think it's any for anyone. You find something and you just you can't stop exploring it. And I don't know. Without sounding too cheesy, it's
0: sound as cheesy as you want. We're talking about pizza. <laughs> I'm
1: very passionate about <laughs> bread and pizza. And just Whoa. good food in general. Yeah, and
0: that's wonderful. I always love that in people when they have such a narrow focus and they don't seem to get tired of it. it you know, instead of getting, ah, move on to something else, they get deeper into it. And it's always something that I just sort of maybe I wish I was that way or, or something, but this idea of, um, you know, a lot of people just seem sort of bored. Yeah. But if you can just take something as simple as making bread – and, and try for, to make it as awesome as it can be. Somehow find something in it that's interesting for years on end. There's something that that's in your makeup that maybe isn't in these other people, that they're more easily bored. Or, how do you how do you think about that? Have you noticed that other people are more easily bored than you?
1: Oh well, I mean, the amount of workshops that I've taught and the amount of people who have actually continued to bake bread like since taking the workshop is I want to say probably like 10%. All
0: right. So we're talking about depth. How deeply do you think about bacteria? Like, you know, like you don't necessarily need to know about uh, particle physics in order to, uh, you know, make a good pizza. (laughs) Like, even though like you could get to that depth of understanding about what's what's going on but th- do you think a lot about bacteria and microbiology or n- not as much
1: i try to i try to i try to understand it as much as i can but it is it can be very scientific and there are people who take it very seriously like we're talking like formulas down to the like pers- i don't know the temperatures, microgram. the micrograms yeah. like all of this I think I'm more of, like, an old-school, like, grandma baker. I'm, like, I'm going to mix this dough together, and I'm going to use a scale because I want a little bit of consistency. But I'm really trying to just learn how to, like, feel the dough out and kind of let the dough do its thing rather than worry too much about, like, trying to control it. Because I don't think sourdough is meant to be super controlled. It's That's what's so beautiful about it is that it's it's kind of got a mind of its own. It's a living It's a living thing. I try not to get too scientific about it. I'm also not a very scientific person, so more of a natural.
0: Naturalist.
1: Naturalist.
0: (gasps) (laughs) This is only episode three of this show, so I feel like it's important that I explain once again that there is a section now called Beer Questions. And what what are the beer questions all about, Lyndon? Oh wow! Usually you explain this. So. Yeah, I'm going to let you. All right. So we like to finish out the show with a regular segment where we ask you questions that are inspired by the various beers of Lake of the Woods Brewing Company. Inspired by mainly the titles of these beers. Uh, so I'm going to go first. Yeah, we we just just as, we just call them the beer questions. We don't need a big preamble. Just no the beer questions. They're the beer questions. All right. So this is Nautical Disaster. It's a intriguing-looking new beer from Lake of the Woods Brew Co. It's an IPA, FYI. Um, so I lived on a boat this summer, and in Kenora, and I'd never had a boat before. And it was a big boat, enough to you know live on. And I thought, okay, I got my boating license. I can take this thing out. Everyone said, don't go out unless you have a GPS, because Lake of the Woods is treacherous. And, um, but you know, a friend of mine was coming out who said he's really good at boating. So like, okay, all right, let's, let's go out. And it was just uh, a few minutes later and we found ourselves that we had driven my new boat, my 10,000 pound boat into a reef and we were stuck. Anyway, there's my nautical disaster story. Do you happen (laughs) to have one?
1: Apparently in one of the lakes up where we live, this is kind of an, un- well, it's kind of related because it could have been a nautical disaster. But apparently, there's like a, sh- a train car full of whiskey somewhere at the bottom of one of the lakes. And like, if you were to find this whiskey, you'd be a very rich person because it would be a perfectly preserved and aged for probably 50 years. Mm. So, let's get it. I know. So if anybody's a yeah, scuba diver and wants... I can't tell you. I Like, I would have to take you there.
0: So there's a train. So the train tracks go by the lake mm-hmm. and there was a derail. Yeah.
1: yeah. And apparently the talk is that there was a train car of whiskey. He'll be so mad if I'm...
0: It, so hold on, this. let's get this straight. So in Vermilion I think it's pretty Bay, big. if you go <laughs> to <into> the train <laughs> tracks, pretty tough to find yeah. with these instructions. look up the records for train incidences <laughs> yeah. and go there.
1: Yeah.
0: And get your scuba dive, get your snorkel.
1: Yeah.
0: Get your snorkel out, get your flippers.
1: Could you imagine? Get
0: an underwater flashlight. Get an underwater flashlight from Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> A big one.
1: Your whiskey detector.
0: Get your whiskey detector out. <laughs> no, these have been very literal uh, beer questions. Usually they're kind of, you know, metaphorical, and I'm going to go metaphorical. We're yeah, we're very deep, guys. So this next one is based on another seasonal, Channel Marker. It's a citralite beer. It's a dry-hopped light lager, mm. to be exact.
1: Sounds summery.
0: And Channel Marker, obviously plenty of those around here for... Guiding people on their lake journeys. What do you feel like has been sort of the most important channel marker in your life? Like, what has been the thing that sort of guided you most? Has it been like your relationship with your sister, maybe that has guided you, or family? Or I'm maybe answering it for you now. You're just going to cling to this so you don't have to think too hard. Why don't you it. make a multiple choice? Yeah.
1: No, no. <laughs> All of the above. Always fail multiple choice tests. It's the indecisiveness. Fails Ch- me every time.
0: Channel marker. What's your channel marker, Shirley?
1: I would say family. F- family is for sure a big one for me. Mm-hmm. But also just like th- the connection I feel with this area. Growing up in the bush and on a lake, I think something has always drawn me back to this area. I feel pretty happy here. All of my siblings were like, no, we're getting out of here. We are leaving the winters behind. We are leaving the small town <laughs> behind. And
0: did your brother stay away?
1: Uh, my, I have two brothers. Oh, okay. One brother is in Nanaimo. So he's on the West coast. And my other brother is in Miami. Wow. Yeah.
0: They really did spread out. Mm-hmm. And the other sister is in, in Australia. Australia. So you're the only one who stuck one with V-Bay. So as a, uh, indecisive person a self-described indecisive person do you have some ways of some channel markers that you use to decide things like do you have guiding principles you think like okay i can't decide but this is my life mission <laughs> statement so what would i do if i was following this
1: make kind choices i don't know maybe that's what it is but when you're deciding behind this, between a few beers i don't know what my de- my marker would be for that it'd be like
0: well like so for example in this case you knew that one of our hosts here (laughs) mr matt kennedy had a preference so when you were trying to decide you must have weighed that to some degree but did you decide that really his preference didn't actually matter to him and therefore there was no kind choice because otherwise you might think the kind choice would be to choose what the other person's preference is I think, <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I, this is such a hard question. What was the question?
0: Do you have any ways like guiding principles that you use in order to make decisions that are difficult right. decisions? Right. But and then we are so jumping wasn't into this. It kind bes-
1: that I didn't choose the one that I should have chosen that one. I'm really sorry. It's
0: all right. I guess we'll get through it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That was not kind to of me,
0: <laughs> except sometimes, if you're always trying to be kind, would do you think that that may eventually lead to yeah I think in, resentment a way it's, in you? Probably it's better that you chose the beer you wanted yeah. because you need to make the choices that are right for you, Shirley, not the choices yeah, that are right there's for so me. many
1: inspirational quotes out there that have just been pushing me to like.
0: Choose sure for you. Choose for me. Look out for number one. Number that's one. what. Yeah, that's a great inspirational poster. Look out for number one. Yeah, yeah. we got to get forsaking that all others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make America great. Oh no. Uh, uh, it would be good if they could make America great, though. <laughs> they should make America great. Um, I, you got to have something for this the cabin fever, the pre-Prohibition cream ale. Oh, okay. So this is a pre-prohibition cream ale. so it must be the style that is made in. Um, do you have any good drinking stories from times when you weren't supposed to be drinking? Oh, you went right off what I'd expect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like
1: it. I think my siblings kind of made the first impression of being, like, bad. So anything I did probably looked pretty good. Like, I was... I was the favorite child. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I where was
0: too. Well, that's no surprise. Like, yeah.
1: I didn't have the friends that would come over and we would like drink the vodka and then fill it back up with water. Like My siblings did that and yeah. like, stole cigarettes and stuff. Wow. I, I was not that – I was playing Barbies until I was – probably too old to. Play that's barbies. good
0: working on skills with hair and with uh, fashion <laughs> design and strong female strong drama. drama strong yeah. female yeah, exactly A strong female example of
1: are um, you the youngest then i am the youngest yeah me yeah. too so
0: youngest are always the favorites clearly
1: yeah <laughs> the weirdest for
0: sure yeah that too okay well let's see the beer is called cabin fever And you grew up like Out in the sticks Mm -hmm.
1: Right
0: Here we go Now we're (laughs) getting on To where I thought We we would go with this
1: If you you could cut out The part about me Playing with Barbies Till a really old age I
0: played with Barbies (laughs) I still do I've got a three year old girl now So I'm happy to be back into it (laughs) You're back in the game Back in the game Got a Barbie and Ken Ken's actually in my shower right now. Wow. I just had a shower before I came here with With Ken Ken. standing watching me, and I thought his abs look good in the shower. They're glistening wet abs. Yeah. Because my daughter had been playing with Ken in the shower, in the bath, and then put him up on like the shelf. And uh, there he was. He watched me shower today. I feel good about it. Does your daughter ever ask you? Why doesn't Daddy look like Ken? No, um, she mistakes me for Ken, actually, Lyndon. And she, uh, oh, so she can't. She, she can't tell the difference. Issue with her sight, or no? She, she just recognizes you, that we are identical. Yeah, that's like down. no. I'm not your Ken doll. I'm Daddy. Jesus Christ! Oh wow! <laughs> uh, all right, so living out uh, out in the bush. What's the longest you've ever been away from civilization?
1: I feel like last winter was a very quiet winter for me. I was still living out at my dad's house um, in the bush. And he had gone away for quite a while to visit my brother out out west. So I had to stay and keep the fire stoked and make sure nothing was freezing. Um, My partner was working in Kenora, so it's not like he was there with me. And it was just me and me and our dog, Charcoal. And it would go, like, I would try and make a weekly trip into town, but that was even a challenge. Like, and once you're out there for so long, <laughs> you just feel like.
0: That's where you belong.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's scary <laughs> to go into town. That would have been a whole winter out there.
0: But cabin fever isn't, like, a problem for you then. You feel comfortable.
1: I feel pretty comfortable. Yeah. Being and isolated. I feel like social media, it's a weird way of, like, connecting you. Like, my, my friends back in Calgary, like, I find it kind of challenging moving to a smaller town to like make a new friend circle especially because i didn't grow up in kenora i grew up out that way so i feel more connected to the outside world through social media which is a good thing and a bad thing i don't know
0: we're never alone we're
1: never alone
0: so they have this beer forgotten lake have you had it
1: (laughs) Yes, the blueberry one. The blueberry one. That's right. Up.
0: Really, uh, seven point one, yeah. yeah percent. Especially for someone who doesn't steal from her parents' liquor cabinet very often. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> what's that? I said, I'm said, i such a loser.
0: Yeah, you're a loser. I know. I'm I know. Such a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even steal. Just from always try to
1: do the right thing over here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pathetic. Is, it must make life simpler, though. No. It's hard.
1: It's hard. To do
0: the right thing. Yeah. Easier to do the wrong thing.
1: It is. Yeah, I would agree with yeah. that. Yeah.
0: So do you Do you have a lot of moments of shame where you feel like you did the wrong thing or you should have handled that better?
1: Yeah, but then I usually forget about them. Like, and then I'm just like, it's literally gone. Like
0: a goldfish.
1: Yeah. I can forget about things pretty Three easily. Three seconds
0: later. Do you so you you're probably pretty skilled at just doing things right then?
1: <laughs> I don't do Like a
0: lot for me, this. I'm always making mistakes, right? Like I, I always have to, something to be ashamed about.
1: I think I make a lot of mistakes. I, I, I try I think, not to dwell on them.
0: I think you have a lot to be ashamed about though in what? your life is the difference here. What? Shirley's lived a, a charmed and a Char- pure life. Oh and- my You've lived a life that's uh, despicable. The off the uh, the straight and narrow, you may yes, say. Yes, yeah, off the beaten path. All right. So, Forgotten Lake. Do you have a? Is there a fish that kind of got away on you? The and you became kind of a Forgotten Lake. You have a, a fish that got away. <laughs> like a missed opportunity. A missed opportunity, or however you want to take that. If you ever felt like you were the forgotten lake, something that got away from you that maybe you still think about. Plug your ears, current partner. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, you kicked those guys at the curb, and I'm not sorry. Well, you didn't kick them. You were very kindly explained to them, moved them to the curb, yeah, gently.
1: Um, I think one of my biggest regrets was. This is going to sound really cheesy, but like in high school, I feel like I wish I would have been a different person. I think everybody does, though. But then I've kind of.
0: What kind of person, though, do you wish that you'd been like I, just anything different?
1: <laughs> I think we were all in a small town. You just kind of follow the follow the leader, you know, mm-hmm. and I think I've stopped I've stopped doing that.
0: So you just weren't yourself in high school and you wish that you could go back and be yourself.
1: The next five to 10 years of my life.
0: I get that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like you just wish you would have.
0: So where were you on the the social pecking order in high school? Were you kind of at the top or were you more bottom of the barrel or kind of (laughs) middle and no one noticed you?
1: I feel like (laughs) I don't know what I was. I still don't know what I was. Mm. I was just following along.
0: Should have brought your yearbook. We could tell you maybe. Yeah, we'd be go through. I had a, like a puka and... shell
1: necklace in every single picture of my yearbook. Okay, so... that sounds pretty cool. Bleach blonde hair.
0: Yeah. Oh, yep. dyed hair. I think oh, you wow. were popular.
1: I was popular. I don't know about that Sounds popular, like a popular but... look. Abercrombie.
0: did you, oh, you had the yeah. Abercrombie, whatever uh, that is. Abercrombie
1: no? and Fitch? Yeah,
0: no. You no. didn't have that. Oh,
1: I had so much Abercrombie and fish. See?
0: You did. You were popular.
1: <laughs> is <laughs> you how trying to be too popular? Well, yeah. well,
0: you were, I would, yeah, that, I didn't even know what that was. It just sounds like you're painting a picture of the classic early 2000s popular, popular. high school girl. <laughs> yeah, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll paint you a picture of unpopular, which is just to describe my own high school experience. Uh, at, <laughs> noon, at, at noon hour, I would hang out in the computer lab dork <laughs> uh, or the shop
1: the Oh, shop. the shop, shop? See, the show, i wish man. i See, would have taken kinda... shop class that's one of my biggest regrets yeah, it's like take not shop taking either. shop class
0: well yeah now it's cool but at the time it's like these nerds with the welder screwing around you know well i'll tell you in junior high we used to uh put a paper clip in the back of the tv that was in our classroom to like pick up cbc and we would uh, f- watch a fuzzy cbc at lunch uh episode of the wonder years and it'd be like we gotta go watch the wonder years on the tv in our classroom that we've hacked with a paperclip, clip and uh people would be uh, would make fun of us and be like oh it's the wonder years club <laughs> <laughs> but the wonder years is a good show man so whatever i'm not bitter no <laughs> speaking of bitter All right, so they have this beer, Happy Camper. Have you had it?
1: No, I don't think I have. It's a honey
0: brown ale made with fresh Manitoba honey. Um, You know, a lot of people have these ideas about what makes them happy. What would be the actual happiest day of your life? Is it today?
1: This the actual. (laughs) The actual happiest day of my life. Uh, and I'm I know pro- I've asked
0: this, this question to lots of people in my life, and no one ever knows what to say. But really? Um, yeah, because it's hard to think of the happiest well, day. And I was going to say that same thing, but what you should think of is just the first thing that pops in your head is the happiest day. Just go with
1: I feel like it would probably be on a body of water in the sun with pizza. With my family Like All of my family
0: This is like Melissa's answer Was uh, it? Uh, sort of Is it? In that it's uh, not a specific day oh. That she remembers Oh but, like, like
1: The happiest day That you've already experienced
0: so, No this is something You're you're striving towards One day I want be to be on, on the water, the water. <laughs> Have some pizza <laughs> Have some My family <laughs> And of course I'm going to have A plethora of options Of Lake of the Woods Brewco Beer Well, thank you so much for coming on Lake Time with us, for enjoying a a crowler of spices, right?
1: It was a good one. I highly recommend it.
0: And I would highly recommend black oven wood-fired pizza.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Okay, we're good. We're good.